Hey, did somebody call for backup? What's up, prodigies? And welcome back to Call for Backup, a prodigal son podcast for nerds and beyond. Escape from Claremont with us as we discuss season two, episode 10 of Prodigal Son. If you're not caught up, this is your big spoiler warning. Come and join us when you've watched all of season one now available on HBO Max and all the latest episodes of season two on Fox Now and Hulu. As many of you know, I'm Kaylee and I'm a staff writer at Nerds. You can find me on social media at Kaylee Gross. For this episode, I am joined by Brianna and my co-host Jules. So thanks for being here this week. Brianna's providing a quick recap of the episode. Jules will be leading the discussion of our favorite noteworthy moments and helping to discuss our theories. And of course, we'll have our weekly Malcolm Danger Count led by myself, Jules, and Brianna. But don't worry, I'll end the episode with a nice dose of reflection for the week ahead with a motivational affirmation or quote. Before we begin, I'll let the other staff members introduce themselves and explain what they do for nerds. I'm Brianna, an editor, and you can find me on Twitter at bookbag09. And I'm Jules. I am an editor, writer, and content assistant, and you can find me on Twitter at JulesWritesBlog. This week on Prodigal Son, Malcolm and the NYPD must solve a murder where their only eyewitness is an agoraphobic chess player who saw the crime. The man pegs the murder victim's boyfriend as the killer, but it's discovered that he has an evil twin who is out to kill his brother, putting the eyewitness, and of course Malcolm, in harm's way. Throughout it all, Malcolm is on a serial killer cleanse, dodging the calls from Martin, who is desperate to get one final message to Malcolm before his great escape. The plan goes off without a hitch, more or less, and Martin, Fire Pete, and Hector successfully escape Claremont. Jessica continues down memory lane for her book, putting herself right in the center of the action at Claremont, where Gil arrives to help while Danny takes his car to save Malcolm and the agoraphobic witness from the murderer. It's a tense episode all around, so be sure to check out our full recap at nerdsandbeyond.com. Now on to our discussion. Okay, and now, as always, we are going to go into the moments from the episode that we want to talk about, some of our reactions. There's there's so much going on in this episode, as usual. Um, so we're going to jump right in with the thing that made us all squeal with happiness while watching the TV last night. Brightwell is now half canon. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Yay! Finally! <laughs> make it halfway there because we finally see Malcolm admit that he has feelings for Danny. And then once again, Martin screws it all up. So what were you guys thinking when you were watching this episode? I just immediately went into our group chat. and was like, did I just hear what he just said? <laughs> like, did, did everyone just hear what he just said? Because that's the first time that he's admitted it. Because in the dream world, when he hit his head, they were already like together so he didn't actually like say like oh I have feelings Mm -hmm. for you and it was you know what I'm saying they were already a thing but we knew that he's like been avoiding it for a couple episodes and then finally when he was kind of backed into a corner or back into a chess game I guess he finally admitted it and I just like was screaming I was screaming on Twitter I was screaming in the group chat I was internally screaming I just want them to be happy that's all I want and I feel like they've grown so much um not only as friends but as partners and I don't know. A part of me thinks it's time for them to start maybe exploring it. I like the way that they did the buildup with it mm-hmm. because there was the comment about, well, the whole covering up a murder sort of made a, a roadblock whenever Jessica made mm-hmm. the comment. 
I love finding out that Jessica is a Brightwell shipper too. That just everyone like, on the yes, show. She's in our corner. Gerald Everyone is. else is a Brightwell Everybody. shipper. Literally every character who meets them, like every time they work a case together, whatever suspect they talk to just like assumes that they're already together. Like it's so funny to me how everyone but them <laughs> like know. realizes what's going on. Pretty. I like that. And then the thing at Gerald's with the, I mean, it was so cheesy, the like hand grays as they reach for the coaster. But I loved it. But I, I loved, loved every second of it. I am 100% here for like all the cheesy romantic tropes that they want to throw yes. at us. I will uh, take yes. it. We can have her trip down the stairs into his arms and it will not yes. be too much. Like <laughs> I just said, aw. <laughs> See? See, this is where my, this is this is who we are. Squeaked like a five-year-old. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I'm the same as you, Kaylee. I just, I want them to be happy. We've mm. watched Malcolm suffer and suffer and suffer. I would like for this to be like the one kind of bright thing in his life. <laughs> bright thing. I know. I was like, hey. <laughs> I wasn't even trying. I wasn't puns even and trying. beyond. Puns and beyond. <laughs> but yeah, I would like for this. I don't think they'll jump into it right away. I'm kind of worried they're gonna have him finally like work up the nerve, and then she's gonna be like, I don't feel that way. Because we see a totally lot of it does. from him. He though. does. Yeah. We don't see a lot of it from her. We see her reactions to him saying things, but right. Well, I wonder I though if the news about Endicott will end up coming out and. I think he would struggle with like if they were to try and do a relationship I feel like he would have he'd end up telling her sooner or later because he would feel too guilty of like having kept such a big secret from her and Bellamy did an interview today where she was asked about that like kind of asked about like different things going forward and she like refused to comment on whether the Endicott thing was like fully put to bed or not like she was like I knew it because they asked her she specifically was like well I mean like publicly yeah like everything's like all set and resolved and everything but like the interpersonal stuff like wink wait and see and I'm like no no I mean I I agree with you no because it ruins everything but I knew it they weren't I knew they weren't done with it if she means it in terms of like is it going to cause a rift between like Jessica and Gil if it comes out? I can't, I mean, he tried to kill you, man. I don't think Gil's going to care that much. Not as much as he would have. Agreed. But I think from Gil's standpoint, it would be more about the policing side of it. Gil would totally let it slide. He would let it slide because it's it's his surrogate son. It's his surrogate son, the woman he's in love with. And even Ainsley, he feels a little paternal towards her. It's not the same way that he feels towards Malcolm, but he right. feels good about that whole family. I think he'd let it slide, to be fully honest. I think he'd be mad, but I think he, I think eventually, like, pretty quickly, he would be able to get over it. I want him, okay, see, this is just me, like, daydreaming about what they could do with it. I don't know why we do this <laughs> all the time. I could just see, like, it happening in the same episode of Danny finding out from Malcolm and Gil finding <gasps> out from Jessica and they take it very differently and then we get to have like I love Danny Gill moments too because mm-hmm. he's very paternal towards her mm-hmm. yeah. and she kind of like I think he grounds her a little bit when she gets yeah. a little hectic with things I could see him being like okay we'll look at it from this point of view sort of thing right and help her come to terms with it yeah he's paternal towards all of us <laughs> yeah he is he's just he's just Papa Gill it it would be nice for Gil to be the reason that Malcolm and Danny end up being able to set aside any differences and get together considering Malcolm's actual biological father seems to be like anti-Brightwell 
in <laughs> like <laughs> the fact that he times his escape from prison to the exact moment when Malcolm is ready emotionally to be with Danny. Mm-hmm. Come on, like but, just the worst sense of timing. I know. I just and then we had him. He like he was he was so ready to tell her. Did you see him kind of like puff his chest up and he was oh, ready to strut across that road like, and I'm tell her. And the second he started to reach for his phone, I was like, no, no, no. But c- can we just talk about that arc shot real quick? Go ahead, Kaylee. Okay. Go ahead. When, so that, with that moment, so when he grabbed the phone and he's listening, the camera cir- circles around him. And then you can see Danny on the phone. Yeah. I, the director did a good job. I, cause that was a good I, shot. I looked it up cause I want to make sure I use the right term for the shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I just thought it was, I think it adds like intensity and like dramatic effect. Cause mm-hmm. it's like a, you know, I'm saying they're like circling there. Yeah. And we knew, we knew as the audience, the phone call that both of them were getting at that moment. Like we right. knew, we've been watching this whole thing. So it like added to the tension. Cause we were like, Oh no. Like we yeah. knew that he was oh, finding out as she was finding out. It was like, Oh, and I oh, loved how she didn't like, she tried to say it as softly as she could. Yeah. Like there's no good way to tell your, almost boyfriend that his psychotic dad has broken out of jail you're you're so close she tried. Boyfriend, so close you're basically dating just just make it official just make and it the official. way she tried to distance it too because she starts to mm-hmm. say your father and father. then cuts herself off and goes the surgeon, the surgeon. escaped mm-hmm. like she tries to help him put that barrier it's like uh, a, a she's there for him he just needs to let her in okay we need okay this is why we need season three we need to we, we need, need them to go three we need them to go more than half canon we need them to go full i canon. want the jt quips of them like yes. being awkward now that they're dating and him being like this awkward third party yes Whitney. oh my god and Idrisa too and Idrisa. <laughs> Idrisa and blaze double dating with danny and malcolm oh my gosh i love the little moment in this how she was like i love the aesthetic in this apartment where this dead body is laying <laughs> What's JT's wife's name? Tally. Tally. Okay. I was going to say, don't ask me how I remember that piece of trivia when I I forget everything else. No, I was thinking Tilly. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. We still don't know the baby's name. Do you realize that? No, we don't. And we still don't know JT's name either. (laughs) I know. We quit making jokes about that. I would like for that to. (laughs) Let's let's go back to making more jokes about that. We still don't know his name. (laughs) We're about due for another creepy episode, and I keep waiting for it. Well, they don't go very long without some like it's not creepy, really but it's creepy, intense. I think well, next you know, week is going to be very like action movie oh, yeah. chasing yeah. after the serial killer on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you said you wanted creepy Brianna. No, and no. Uh, and and we and we got we got going. something we've got something segue. creepy right here for you. What a perfect segue, really, <laughs> into a discussion of. Oh, the, the the horrible, horrible series of unfortunate events that befall our Dr. Capshaw this episode. Um, I, I, part of me feels really bad for her because she got hoodwinked bad. Um, I do, a part of so me bad, so bad. But part of me is just grossed out. Yeah. So <laughs> those and are the two competing like, halves right now. Like in I my told mind. you so. Almost like, and I told you so, like, oh, like everyone, like, this is a bad idea. She knew it was a bad idea. Martin told her it was a bad idea. Like, everyone told her it was a bad idea. Friar Pete sang her a creepy song Ugh. to make sure she knew how bad an idea it was. I want to add 10 to 12% 
of respect because she beat the crap out of Fire Pete when he was about to attack her. And I was like, all right, all right. Like she had some moves. I was like, okay. She did have moves. She just didn't have the moves to know when she was getting the moves put on her. It was was almost upsetting to see when he locked that door and she just knew. And you saw, I mean, Catherine Zeta-Jones is an amazing actress. Like she just is. But like when you saw her face fall like that, and she knew instantly that she'd just been completely conned by this guy. Like it was, it was terrible. Like I felt, I felt bad even, and especially because like, you're looking at this, she still has all these people who are dying actively yeah. in her, like, so she's dealing with two things. She's dealing with these two massive crimes that were her fault. I see why she thought that it was a good idea to let him go because he's a a good doctor, although a serial mm-hmm. killer, but he does know his medical jargon and that kind of thing. Uh, Anyway, he, I mean, I, I see why she thought it was a good idea. And she trusted him. Right. And I think that was his whole thing. Like he knew and the, the all, you know, Hector and Friar Pete knew that if they had this catastrophe in the infirmary, she would have to let him go. I'm surprised though, that she wasn't more involved in the escape or the escape, I'm sorry, as we originally thought, because we're like, well, what is she getting out of this? How is she, you know what I'm saying? Is she manipulating him too? But we found out that she just wanted- She wasn't. She was just in yeah. love, which right. is almost sadder than yeah. if she was like intentionally like manipulating him back. Like it's, it's, it's yeah. tough. I do want to give us kudos because I can remember when they first introduced her, we were saying she's going to have something to do with the escape. Yeah. And oh, we yeah. have repeatedly every week talked about how- He's slowly manipulating her and worming mm-hmm. his way in. And like, even with her saying, people warned me, like she still fell for it. Everyone warned you. Like, everyone, everyone told you. Everyone told you. And yet she still let it happen. And the fact that Martin still knew exactly what buttons to push mm-hmm. and exactly how to have, like in the stress of the moment, he knew she was going to let him go off the wall. I still a little bit can't understand why card. she gave him the card. Why wouldn't you just, just swipe and have the door yeah. opened and then let him go get the thing? That was just, I was very surprised by that. I guess in the moment she was probably stressed out when she's like, here, just go yeah. like, you know, we're, we're sleeping together. So I trust you. It's fine. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Those two amazing times we slept together while you were shackled, <laughs> while you to, were a shackled to a bed in the prison infirmary. Honey, if that's the best time you've ever had in your life, if Martin Whitley's your bar, I need you to go out and find someone else. Literally anyone. <laughs> anyone else. Pick a guy up at a bar. Anyone. Pick anyone up at a bar. Just do what you got to do. Get it out of your system. There was one person I saw on Twitter. I don't know who tweeted this. So if you're listening, tag us. I don't, again, I don't <laughs> know who tweeted this, but they brought up a good point. Martin will always put his family first. Like, I mean, he'll put himself first and then his family is what I mean. But he, like, manipulated her. He did like her, you know. He likes Capshaw. But ultimately, he's always going to to think of his family first and do and do what he can to get back to his family. And I, I liked his question. little Freudian slip there of when Jessica came in of, this is yes. my wife. And it's That's like, what I'm saying. You're sleeping with her, but you still, you still slipped up and <laughs> introduced right. her yep. as your wife. Like, yep. he's yep. still... I think that's like his, you know, one of his delusions of just like, we can still have that family. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you can't, you just can't, but he holds his family to such 
a important, I mean, importance to him in a different way because we know that he's a narcissist and most things yes. are about himself. But he all, like I said, he always holds his family to like a higher standard. Like I'll do anything for my family, you know, my son, my daughter, my wife, ex-wife, whatever. I kind of do expected we... more of a like blow up something between Jessica and Capshaw. I don't know. I, I don't know why. agree. Nah. It was very awkward. <laughs> I mean, but <laughs> I was like, the Capshaw knows she's in the wrong. What's Capshaw yeah. going to say? That's oh, true. all these years ago, you were with the man that I'm currently seeing in yeah. prison. Well, they're, they're not even no, together anymore. I expected like, Martin to have a few more jabs at it with her yeah. still in the room. Mm. But I he didn't want to jeopardize the escape. That's, That's true. That's the thing. That's he true. was like, he, and, and he did because he's so arrogant. And we'll talk about this more with the actual escape part, but he's so arrogant that like he needed credit for being so clever and so he drops these hints to jessica like mm -hmm. i just think it's fascinating like his psychology because he couldn't just be content with escaping no. and getting away with it he had to have her know that he was like smart enough to like hoodwink all these people which i just i think it's so funny whenever the show does that because then you look at somebody like ainsley and ainsley's just as manipulative right like mm -hmm. she knows how to play that card but unlike him she doesn't need everybody else to know like right. she doesn't need to take credit for anything and like there's a debate about whether she's more dangerous to me because she i was just gonna say to... it might make her a better killer if in yeah. fact she continues to kill but we don't know that yeah. yet we haven't well, well, we don't know we gotta get there that's right. true. She hasn't been around, which is almost scarier than hurting. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's she doing? Not gonna lie. It's like we had that that one promo, not not this week. I think it was last week, or maybe it was the like for this the big, No, no. It might have been the big preview like, for the laughing? second half, but she's laughing. Yeah. And they're at Claremont. So yeah. Part of me wonders if it's a fantasy of either hers or Martin's, because sometimes yeah. like the way that the lighting looked was a little bit too like. Right, 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 like, and when they do like their their fantasies, it's like very like colorful almost. So mm -hmm. I wonder if either she's thinking about talking to her father and like thinking it's going to go so well, or if he's thinking about talking to Ainsley. Because I think if they catch him, like, is he going to go back to Claremont after he masterminds this huge escape? Like, he wouldn't have the same cushy digs as before. I well, because Endicott was the one that got him the digs anyway. So now that Endicott's mm -hmm. gone, he doesn't have anybody that can be more manipulative than him besides Ainsley I guess. We only have we only have three episodes left so I Gosh, don't know. It's crazy. They might close out the season with him still being on the loose. Maybe they'll catch the other mm -hmm. two and he'll be the one they have to hunt for in season three kind of thing. Oh man. But we can save that for the theory section. Sorry. Yes we'll save that for the theory section. It's okay. I love I love when we go off on these little tangents. But since we're already there, I feel like we've talked a lot about Capshaw. I feel like we're there. I will say that scene with Friar Pete with the rats and everything oh. mm. brilliantly executed i hate rats so much so it was very <laughs> so hard for creepy. me to watch but it was really well done and, and it, it was just very well acted by both of them but this leads into the big theme of the episode we've been waiting to say it escape the escape oh, has finally happened yes we've watched finding nemo yes that's where yes. we got it from <laughs> yes we're gonna keep saying it <laughs> Brianna yes, is judging for all us adults. very hard. Oh, yes, that's true. Oh, we're children at heart, though. It's yes. fine. You're not Peter wrong. Pan said to never grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if Peter Pan is your example for how to how listen, to be listen. an effective adult, we got problems listen, going listen. on. Here. <laughs> I'm just using his quote. Uh. <laughs> 
We like but Disney. That's all we're saying. More to the point, Escape happened this episode. Yes. Everybody's out in Claremont. There's so many things going on. We have Jessica sticking a high heel through a man's brain. Well, I thought it was his neck. Was it his it was, head or his neck? Like, it, was it was here. It was ear. It was in his ear. Oh, I don't think belly, it was directly in the ear. I think it was right behind the ear. Said it was in his ear. It's it okay. In, his ear in now the when ear. She did the thing. Oh, yeah, it, like in the ear. Like, <laughs> I mean, when when Gil came in, I didn't see like a body on the floor. So I guess maybe he's not dead. I kind of like. I almost I don't like the there, idea. Right? I don't like the idea. But it would be an interesting development if it turned out the guy died, and then we have Three Malcolm, out of four. who's Three the out only Whitley who hasn't killed somebody. Oh gosh! Well, the carotid is near there, right, Jules? What was yeah, it? The it's, family it's, that it's, slays the together. In your neck, yeah. But I guess but if, if, it was, if, you, if it went through the ear, that's going like into like brain tissue, like yeah, out of brain nerve, which is nasty. I mean, it looked like it went in pretty far. It, I, I thought it was screaming. I thought she hit the carotid, but I didn't see a lot of blood, so I was like, mm, probably not. Um, if it did hit brain matter, would that not kill you immediately? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I, me, I, you, you could end up I with have, like speech issues. To- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, mean, I have a medical degree corner. in nursing, but it's not a medical degree. Um, what? Your, what do you your mean? Reminder, your reminder that nurses cannot give medical advice, and so all speculation on this podcast is purely for my own entertainment. Yeah. Um, I mean, but Jules I is just, our resident nurse who we ask absolutely everything related to medical anything. questions about the COVID vaccine. I've got you. Um, <laughs> Boy, do we. Boy, do we. But so there was that moment. You had her almost killing a man, or we think. We don't know. Yeah, yeah, you have Capshaw making her realization of everything that's happening. You have Martin having this moment of like, I've done it, and leaving this terribly dramatic, overwrought message Freedom. for his son. I'm free. You are the only one who can find me because you and I are just the same, my boy. It's like, Jesus, get a new line. I mean, <laughs> this is. I have one criticism. There is no prison anywhere where you walk out the front door and, like, there is no fence. There is no anything. Like, you're telling me they just this ran out of the prison. streets in New York? It's a psychiatric well, hospital. But with murder, like, around it. murderers as patients, you would still have additional security well they you we know, don't know if they think. don't they they had the well they had the uniforms on right so they're Martin making their way back and through yeah oh that's well, true he didn't he didn't have a when you look um you know how they always show claremont like from the outside before we see a scene in there so we kind of know where we're at i don't see any like you don't see like barbed wire or anything like that it just why. looks like a a wait why because that's actually the exterior of an apartment building in New York. It's not no way! What? <laughs> Behind the scenes here on Call for Backup. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I googled actually. it one time, and it's just like a random apartment building in like Harlem or something. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine everyone thinking? I feel bad for those people. Like, Great. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, there's no. I mean, not really. I'm trying to think. When they were outside, when Jerry fell to his death. I, weren't there like fencing? It was the inner courtyard though. Yeah. yeah, that was inside. So like the the building like surrounded that courtyard. Like he wasn't like you couldn't get out that way. But the mm-hmm. way that they ran out almost looked like some kind of like not a maybe service door. entrance or something like right. some weird thing. I feel like there, there's probably gonna we're probably not gonna see it. But my nerdy person would like like the internal affairs like inquiry into like how they were able to escape. But then they also have key cards too, Brianna. So that's the thing. 
is even if there were exterior fences or like checkpoints or whatever, like they could theoretically buzz themselves through because they have the golden key card and they can't turn off access for everyone Mm -hmm. because people still need to get through like people who actually work Mm -hmm. there and who are trying to find them. So it's or to get the police in too once they arrive yeah. and can we just say that gail moment where like the gail yes. moment where she yes. called him she's like oh yeah of course duh call gail and he was like i'm on my way he like, was there oh, like, you can see it like rescue mode was activated on his like, face his whole demeanor changed i was like, like go get your girl bless Lou for playing him so well uh that was amazing yeah, so and he nice. just like busts in. He's like, I'm here. I'm like, yes, <laughs> you are here. <laughs> we didn't talk about my favorite thing in the Brightwell part. So I'm going to circle this around relating to Gil, who gave Danny his car, who ran a man over because he was going to shoot. Yes. Yes, he was going to shoot Gerald, but he was going to shoot Malcolm. <laughs> she was like, Ugh. well, because we all assumed Malcolm got hit by the car, but it was because it was so quick. I know. Yeah. But it was this what was his name felix i couldn't when they said murder evil twin, twin i just forgot their names so one of them was the murder twin and one of them was the other i twin. think it was felix that was the murder, murder twin murder, twin. murder twin got hit by a car yeah but it's funny because now i'm thinking about the title we didn't really talk about the um malcolm's interaction with gerald a little bit about the, oh yeah like his his exit strategy was kind of him leaving house his house too so, everyone's escaping this week yeah. everyone's leaving their their homes and and psychiatric facilities mm-hmm. for a little fresh air and a little <laughs> bit of their mental illness because everybody commented on how good malcolm looked and he looked so re- well rested and <laughs> everything's so good on his friends <laughs> you didn't she's like you, i didn't scream in this house yeah you didn't scream <laughs> I thought you were sleeping. I didn't. My favorite is that she snuck in and was up there long enough for him to wake up, put on a full suit, right? Do his hair, <laughs> and be sitting there with his coffee by the time or she tea. made her way Maybe back down. I don't know. Maybe coffee makes. She was preoccupied. Bitter. She was preoccupied. She couldn't be bothered. That man drinks so coffee. Coffee another... mimics the same as antidepressants. That boy drinks. Coffee. I saw another tweet that said, "Why would Malcolm keep all of Martin's things in his apartment or his loft, so that Jessica wouldn't have to?" Oh, that's true. That's what I think. That, that's my headcanon right there. So I love that they call it the never ever room. That cracked me up. The never <laughs> ever room. That's such like a cutesy name for it. The first thing I thought of was like the never ending story. But it's like just the never ever room. <laughs> See, my brain went Neverland. <laughs> I know. I was We're thinking Disney. thinking associations. We're all just making random words. Like the second every time they talk about the golden key card, and people who follow us on Twitter are aware of this. Every time they talk about the golden key card, my mind just immediately oh, wow. goes, "I've got a golden ticket." Like I don't know why it does. I I know. And then when that commercial came on last night, and mm-hmm. I Lily was Walker commercial, the song, <laughs> Candyman can. I was like, hey. <laughs> um, one thing I want to mention about the escape, I didn't realize. I mean, I know it was already calculated because Malcolm, uh, dang it. Darn it. I know um, that Martin was involved in the planning process, but I didn't realize how calculated it was with, because we know he already had some of the key cards, mm-hmm. but I know, and I know we were waiting on the gold one. So I guess our theory was wrong about him already having it. Before. Yeah. Cause he didn't have it already. He was yeah. waiting on it. But I didn't realize how much he had actually gone through, like with the rats and then the rat poison. Did they put the rat poison in the lunch food? Is that what we? Is I that think that's. Yeah. I think that's. You what mixed we're it in with like the beans that everybody oh, was eating. Right. Oh, that's right. I think one of them was in the kitchen. I think it was was it Hector? Fire Pete. That's right. Yeah. Um, let that fetish. man near anything. 
right. anything in a kitchen. All right. Oh. No, give him another job. I don't care what it is. That should not be his job. I know, but I just, yeah, I guess I didn't realize because we didn't see really any of their planning. Yeah. They kept us kind of in the dark with it, which is good because then, okay. So you guys, this is my question. We know that he feels something, I suppose, for Capshaw. Like, it's not totally fake. Right. But That's why I like, agree. the way he reacted to her, like, when she was freaking out and he was kind of like, oh, darn, I'm really sorry, and, like, kind of left. Like, was he only in it to get the gold key card? Or did he start kind of getting in with her and then go, oh, this is a way to get the golden key card? Like, I what he immediately was all along. Yeah, I think that was his plan the whole time was to get the key card. I think that's why we saw him use several different strategies of mm -hmm. trying to win her over. And he just got and he, so Yeah, he slowly perfect. figured out what her what buttons to push to get her to open up. I to think him. it was all along. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think a part of him does have, like I said, deep down some sort of feelings for Capshaw, but it's again like respect. Right. Like, yeah. As a medical professional kind of right. thing. I don't think it's like he's in love with her. No, and he I don't definitely think doesn't respect her as a person at all. Oh, no. Because he sees her as somebody who would sell out to somebody like him. Because mm -hmm. he even kept saying, like, well, you know, you're too good for me. And as much as he was using that to play her, I think he also kind of genuinely felt that way of, like, why are you so insecure that I'm a catch? <laughs> like, that I'm the goal here. Like, it's, ugh, ugh. But again, I think Martin. I need to know the fallout there. Yeah, I think Martin's. Well, we're probably going to see it because is it next week that Malcolm meets up with her and they're not at Claremont. They're both in like regular clothing. So. Well, because she, her, she is fired. Oh yeah. She's fired and she's probably going to lose her medical license and oh, everything yeah. else too. Oh, there's a, there's a whole list of stuff. Unfortunately, I, I, as much as she does deserve, you know, the consequences of her actions because she mm -hmm. definitely. I swear if Ainsley interviews her. Oh my god <laughs> you know she will that's a great interview are you kidding me like people would absolutely watch that like if there was a story right now where somebody broke out of a facility and then like somebody did like because someone helped them and then that person did an interview i would watch that see but i don't think she really helped them she was trying to stop it well yeah. was i don't think she realized it was an right. escape plan them. at all i think yeah. she right. just thought it was some weird like he's trying to poison everybody right well she well because it was so I know I it's funny because I tweeted at Fry Pre. I'm like, you fool. She walked like two feet. She's like, okay, this is probably a good time for me to use this key card I have that I'm not supposed to have and close the door. I'm like, are you dude? Wait, you, did he do that on purpose though? This is so now I'm like thinking all this stuff. I don't did think he, he wants to get do his that? butt kicked by Capshaw. I don't no, 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 but just the idea of him like oh, the rats? purposely letting her know what was happening so they could use the blackmail against her or was that an accident because he did blackmail her and martin was like nice like nice thinking there buddy like was that him saving their skin or was that him purposely kind of like trying to i think he keep was her quiet again i don't think yeah. they wanted anyone to know and his stupid head <laughs> like you couldn't <laughs> wait two more seconds to go touch around with your rats oh <laughs> I know. Also, how is it these people walk around and don't get their pockets checked occasionally? He's walking around with rat poison. The guy who attacks Jessica just has a shank. I like, know. Why are we not getting pat downs a little more frequently? I'm going to need to talk to the people that run Claremont. As <laughs> I jackets said, with no pockets. Like, come on. <laughs> the internal affairs episode of this in which they will discuss what went down on an administrative level would be fascinating to watch at least for me. <laughs> what we need. 
So I think our last bit here that we're going to move into is theories for next time. The, the promo's out for next week. Obviously, we're going to be dealing with the ramifications of everybody escaping. But it looks like there's also another case next week. Like there's just like a regular case going on along with everyone escaping from Claremont. Well, it looks so, like the marshals come too. Yeah, it looks like think, it looks like everybody's getting involved. I think the FBI is involved with the chase. Because one of the one of the synopsis we wrote up, I can't remember which episode it's for. I just remember reading like Malcolm gets in hot water and gets kicked off the case, basically. Which when does yeah, that'd be a huge conflict of interest anyway? You like oh yeah, he should not parent. be investigating. He should case. not be on this case. Yeah, but I don't know. My biggest takeaway from the promo was someone screaming "man down" and Malcolm hauling his butt into the situation, and I immediately assumed it was Danny. Because when an officer on the radio says man down, it's not usually a victim. Mm -hmm. It will say suspect down. Right. Typically. So them saying man down usually means an officer. And I swear if Danny gets hurt. Where's JT? Was he there too? No, we didn't see him. All we saw was Malcolm and Gil. Because um, because some people on Twitter, because people on Twitter are awesome. They had slowed down the promo and like freeze framed it sort of and the person oh that has like curly hair that's behind gill is not danny so they no. know it's not danny so they think it's the fbi agent i saw that marshall tweet. yeah mm-hmm. i think either marshall or fbi i don't remember or both i don't remember i only saw i think it was marshall only because i saw marshall on the front of her uh, her bulletproof vest it might I be think. she's gonna check for us really quick <laughs> i'm gonna pull up the log lines no that's totally fine but I think, yeah, I, some people think it's Danny that gets shot. But I'm like, well, where's JT? Is he not in the field too? So I, Or I thought maybe it was Martin. But again, Brianna brought up a good point that it's possible. We, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they got to Martin. But I doubt so quickly though. I don't know. I'm just rambling. Um, it is U.S. Marshal. I don't know where I got FBI. Maybe because the last time was FBI. Yeah, it's U.S. Marshal Emily Ruiz. One of my ideas was maybe because we have three episodes left, we'll catch a serial killer per episode. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And so, like, the season finale will be either Martin almost getting caught or definitely getting caught. I don't know. I do- They're so good with cliffhangers. I I want a cliffhanger just to see what they come up with. But also, yeah. I don't want a cliffhanger because we don't have a renewal yet. And the agony of a cliffhanger Ugh. and then it not getting picked up will wreck me. So I know it's the worst. That's oh. another theory. If this doesn't get picked up to a season three on Fox, I hope that HBO Max might think about it because yeah. you know they're they're showing the first season. I'm just I'm just or putting it out there Netflix. now. I I would accept any streaming network that wants to <laughs> pick I up will a season three. Write letters and sign petitions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm and now it is time for a little segment we like to call the malcolm danger count warning malcolm danger where we go over the many bad decisions made by our favorite profiler mr malcolm bright but this week shockingly pretty much everyone else was in danger (laughs) more than he was yeah. Um, I mean, there there were there were a few moments where you were kind of like, oh, maybe not that move, but like overall, not bad. Minimal. Um, our minimal, minimal danger count. Uh, our count so far is twenty-seven going into the episode. Um, so not not b- 
bad. But, <laughs> um, I mean, holy crap. I mean, that is a lot. Having a 20 episode season. Oh my God. He, they'd be, be like so 50. High. <laughs> Probably. The, season one is only going to beat it because it had more episodes. That's it. That's yeah. the only That's reason it. why. Yeah. But the two moments that we really have that we counted as like a true, like Malcolm was in danger moment. The first one is all his fault. And that is <laughs> confronting um, our friend who is an agoraphobe who has a gun. Now he gets to be all smart and profilery and be like, well, I knew that the gun was an antique, which means that it wouldn't fire or whatever. But Come on. Come when he on. purposefully stayed behind after everyone left, I was yes. like, because I didn't see him walk out with them. I'm like, where is Malcolm? Where did he go? And you didn't I think, think they all planned that. Me. Where's I Malcolm? think Gil was like, you stay here, do your thing. We'll be right outside this door. Maybe. Maybe he was. No. I don't know. I just, just enjoyed how he's got a gun to his face and was like, well, I can see from the proximity of the barrel to my <laughs> face that the pin is broken and just reaches up and goes, tink, and knocks the whole barrel out of the gun. It's like, Ridiculous. sir. Only Malcolm Bright. Only, Only Malcolm, Malcolm Bright. Bright. Truly. So while that was exclusively his fault, the second one really wasn't his fault, but he was still in danger, so we're counting it, which is getting stalked through the house while a killer is trying to find you as you try to help a man who does not want to leave his house, leave his house. So he has to psychologically talk down a man who is panicking, and he has to not alert a killer to the fact of where they are in the house. So yeah, I would say that's dangerous. Not really his fault because he didn't really get any advance notice. He only got that one phone call and he had to kind of jump into action, but he was in danger nonetheless. But truly everybody else was in more danger than Malcolm yeah. was in this episode. You have Jessica in danger, you, like everyone else but him. So good good for, good for Malcolm. He's, he's not doing bad this week. I will say we have to give him a small shout out for at least like he could have had another danger moment when the killer leaves the yeah, apartment yeah. and he didn't chase after him. He didn't try and tackle him to the ground or something. He yeah. called Danny and let the guy drive away. Baby steps. I was baby baby steps. steps. I was so proud I even of him tweeted, because I was like, you better call for, never mind. He did. <laughs> so I like great. too prematurely tweeted like for him to call back. I'm like, oh, blessed be the fruit. Like he called him. <laughs> <laughs> like, but he's learning. He is learning. But some moments, yeah. I think he just wants to help so badly that he's like, I don't even, he's so altruistic that that's a big word I just used. Thank you all so much. <laughs> I taught my students that word. And now I'm using that word. Um, You're using your vocabulary words in a sentence? <laughs> yes. I don't know if I'm using it correctly, but yes. Um, <laughs> but basically he like has little care for himself and he would much rather help other people you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying like he is not as concerned about his well-being than he is with others um i think that goes back to down to like you know his dad killing people um and him not being able to save them so he wants to save everybody you know and if you guys think that there are moments that we missed, hey, maybe we're giving him too much credit. Maybe he was in danger more than we <laughs> counted. Um, you can go ahead and find us on Twitter. We are at call for the number four backup pod. We want to hear all your theories, all your thoughts on the episode. As a party note for our podcast, we'll be ending every episode with a motivational affirmation or quote that hopefully inspires you as you start your weekend. This week's quote is, in the end, just three things matter. How well we have lived, how well we have loved, how well we have learned to let go. Jack Cornfield.
Remember, prodigies, if you're trapped in a house with a killer and an agoraphobic, don't be like Malcolm and call for backup. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check back next week. And in the meantime, you can follow us on our Twitter account at call for backup pod. That's call the number four backup pod. Tag us and let us know your thoughts in the episode. And as always, follow us at Nerds and Beyond for all of your nerdy news.